Dum da da dum. Here we are, you guys. Week six. When I started doing these uh, live streams with Manly and Stephanie, I was like, let's do at least six and then see where we're at. So I think now we're gonna take a little bit of a hiatus. I'll talk about it in the intro here. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, and thanks to those of you who reached out to me uh, and shared your thoughts on what we've been talking about. I really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy our episode, last episode in a while. Hopefully we'll be back soon uh, in the next few months or something, but for now, sayonara. Oh, here we are. <laughs> I didn't do the countdown because, um, well, because I didn't click on it. And then also because we're kind of late starting anyway. So welcome, everybody. Um, I want to thank you all for attending these past few weeks. This has been a lot of fun for me. It's been cool to chat with people from different perspectives and to see, um, have different people come in and guest and things like that. And I think we've talked about some really interesting topics and I, from some messages and emails and different things that I've gotten feedback from you, the listeners. I think people have enjoyed these. Um, at least nobody, you know, like uh, roasted us <laughs> too badly. <laughs> so if you have been liking these, make sure to let us know because we are going to do a little hiatus. Um, when I roped everybody into this at the beginning, I said, you know, I know it's a commitment to show up every week, but at least let's do six of them and then see where we're at. And I really appreciated the fact that you guys have been here every week and shown up and given your time to do this. Um, but I also don't want to wear everybody out. So we're going to take a little high. Hey, how do I say this? Hiatus, a break, a small break. If you are liking what we've been talking about or you have other things you want us to talk about or you want to like lobby to come on and talk about it with us, uh, send me a message, send me an email, AdventistMillennial at gmail.com or on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you can find me and let me know. And then hopefully in a few weeks, maybe in the summer, middle of summer, we'll come back and do some more of these. Um, but I'm happy to have Jacob back again with us um, with the rest of the crew. And today I wanted to talk about uh, community because I think that one of the, for its faults in and struggles with community religion also has been at least in my experience and a lot of people that i know one of the best places for existing community structure and so i think that's something that has going for it even if people take issue with the beliefs and and it, it also does at times fail <laughs> you know like people get hurt in church communities a lot there's a lot of damage that can be done, but I also don't see <clears throat> very many successful communities cropping up with real connection with people in the secular world. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today and just get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, if the religious world was a pillar for communities in the past, will it be in the future? And if not, how do we, um, how do we replicate those outside of that? So... I guess, first of all, how's it going, you guys? Well, well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Um, what, uh, the first thing I want, like, the place I want to start is um, just asking you what you see for yourself and for people your age today. Because I know, just for me growing up, I grew up in the 90s and the 2000s, and, you know, I'm a, solidly a millennial. And I've seen, we, we were at like the crest of technology, right? There was tech when we were young, but it just really took off in like a hockey stick um, parabolic way in the last 25 years or so. And so I think that's really changed the social fabric of the modern world. So as being sort of that pivotal generation where we grew up, with technology, but also we still had some remnants of like playing in the woods and stuff. Um, how have you seen social dynamics change? How do people your age, how do you see them creating connection? Is it inside of religion? Is it outside of religion? Like just what are some of your observations about how communities um, come together or don't in modern society? It does seem like um, church is a really good place for community for the most part. I mean, sometimes it can be 
like judgmental and not necessarily the most mature thing, but I've seen a lot of churches who like, especially like mega churches that have to like, I guess be more politically correct and more vague almost. It's like that um, helps people kind of like check themselves a little bit, I think with the like diversity that they attract. So I, I think that that socially is going well. And as far as like, um, in general, it, it seems like with more of like, with the internet, you can find more people similar to you, but it's, it almost makes people different from you seem more unfathomable and more upsetting. So it's just like creating a polarization and people aren't friends with like, full people, I guess, like the complex person anymore. It's just like what you want to show somebody. Yeah, that's a really good observation. Because I know that people often talk about like, social media, like, um, sort of glamorizing people's lives and things. But I think, you know, I think that's a fairly obvious phenomenon to observe. But it's a little bit harder when you actually do feel like you know people online to realize um, how <laughs> how much friction there is in human relationships, no matter what. And the internet kind of, I mean, it exacerbates it in some ways with like deep depersoning whoever you're talking to in a way. But it also, it also enables people to um, only reveal certain things and it allows people to feel like very uh, disconnected. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's been a problem. I was actually going to see if I could like shift the like narrative of the um, like lack of community away from secular and religious and more towards the like new social media atmosphere that we've been like presented with. Okay. Because um, I don't, because I get, I guess I think the fallen community is probably more to do with the internet just because uh like that it's just ease of communication kind of like makes it so you're like less close to people proximity wise so so right so you're saying that that's more of the cause or like the catalyzing uh thing for the breakdown of sort of our social connection yeah that, that'd be my versus argument. like secularization secularization right. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to use a, I was going to pull in sensory a bit with like Scandinavia being more historically segregated, but not necessarily lacking in community before like we did. Or sure. Yeah. Like right, right, right. I, I don't disagree with that. I do think that is the larger part of it. I think I'm sort of framing it as religious community versus others is because from my perspective, having grown up in it, that's where I got most of my community. Mm -hmm. And coming outside and more into the secular world, I don't see the same type of connection that I saw within religion. So right. whether it's the cause or not, I'm just trying to compare, like, what do communities look like within religion? And are there positive and negative aspects of that? And then what do they look like outside? Is it, Are they right. different or are they the same? Um, I, yeah, go ahead. I guess I would agree that social media probably did a little less damage to church being a, like, medium for uh, community, uh, whereas uh, the secular world kind of lost their traditional mediums with the like implementation of tech and yeah. social media and things like that. Yeah, well, I mean, that is a trope too, isn't it? Like the secular world is, is here with its development and then the church is like back here yeah. like 20 years back. So yeah. we're just following along on the tech right. you know, revolution here. But, but I do think that because of the sort of pillars of faith and things like that there are some sort of built-in necessities of like uh it's not necessarily like a doctrine but it is kind of implied of like if you're going to be within a group belief system then necessarily it's important to physically connect with people and i think that's one reason why it, the within religion at least in christianity it's maintained the ability uh, not very well, but better um, in the tech in the tech era to have in person and um, emphasis on human connection. Although I will say, since COVID, that's changed a lot. Right. Um, I 
I went to church a little bit more regularly before COVID, but I pretty much haven't been back at all since before uh, everything locked down in 2020. And I think that that's been kind of a trend. Like, I think churches are emptier now than they were a few years ago. One comment I would make is that uh, I think one of the reasons the church has stayed as a community is because it has a much older population than maybe some of the other communities. I guess I think church could very easily turn into uh, like, I don't know, just like a live stream kind of thing and not be the predominant thing. And then you would kind of have, they would be running into the same issues we are. Uh, So Yeah, for sure. I see that for sure. Manly, what do you think? Because you're kind of still involved more than the rest of us in like church community. Yeah, I'm constantly going to church. I go to church all the time. I'm involved in church. I have a life group every Saturday that I run. Um, there are all my church people hang out like all the time. Um, every Sunday we hang out. We go to lunch after church. Um, to be honest, I don't really hang out with people apart from church people. So, um, Oh, yeah, because you're the egotistical maniac who hates hanging out. Uh, yeah, that's no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. no one else knows what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyone else is watching, like, what is she saying? Right now? Um, I, to be honest, I'm kind of, I've always wondered, like, okay, what if a secular person doesn't drink alcohol? Like, how do they make connections with people? Because, yeah, um, like, where do secular people hang out and spend time? Most of my friends that are agnostic or atheists, they're usually like, when I tell them, like, hey, like, where where do you want to hang out or something like that? Or who do you hang out with these days? They're like, well, I don't know. I don't really have any friends or it's kind of hard for me to hang out with people. Or, um, I mean, I go to the bar once in a while and <laughs> see people that I know. Um, I don't, I think it's, I guess it's hard for people. It's, for some people, it's not easy to make friends and find things to do or have natural hobbies. So, um, uh, I get, I think that's the upside of like church is that like you were saying, Emily, it's kind of like a thing, like whether you're very pers- people-y or not, like, Hey, part of like, it's part of the culture that we all come to church. We interact with each other. We spend time with one another. We, we build one another up and iron sharp as iron, all that fun stuff. It's kind of part of the culture that even if you want to stay home, like you're going to be guilt a little bit if you don't come to church and spend time with people in yeah. community where I feel like it's, um, I'm not sure, like, I've never been a part of secular culture, so I don't really know how that goes down or how everyone, unless you just happen to have a friend that's real good at getting people together, um, (laughs) then, like, Yeah, well, I mean, like, the three of us know, or the four of us know each other from a community, an online community. Right, that's true. Um, And I've met multiple close friends in that it's a secular community it's just an online community i met my girlfriend there i met all of you guys there so uh like there there is i see them happening somewhere but i have heard very often the sentiment that you just said manly of people being like i don't know in this modern age where everyone is so atomized and siloed i don't know how to meet people and make actual real friendships where it's not like you hang out maybe and you maybe play games or you maybe like tweet at each other but somebody that i actually feel like is part of my life or like a group you know yeah yeah and on that same token i'll admit emily like i like you guys you're all really cool but if emily if it wasn't for you i don't think anyone in dfw would be hanging out together like and a part of op you're very good at getting people together and making things happen um but like, I don't make people hang out. And if you weren't in DFW, like, making a DFW hangout happen, then who would do that? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> right. And I felt, I felt that way, you know, um, even within the church setting, too. Um, really? Unless there's somebody who takes ownership and is like, okay, let's make this happen. It won't usually happen. And I think right. that's the struggle is, first of all, you need those leaders. But then also, you need people who are willing to um, invest which is why I appreciate you guys for showing up week after week for this, because it's, it is hard to find nowadays, find people. Um, not that you guys weren't my first choice, but I asked several people to be on this, um, besides you guys who just couldn't commit to doing it. And I think that is the difficulty of creating meaningful relationships is like, you need interaction across time and deeper and deeper interaction to really build a relationship with somebody. And that 
takes a lot of commitment. Yeah. It seems most people aren't willing to put in that commitment these days because life is hard. Yeah. Um, and you and can easily get like little, little punches of human interaction through social media where like our parents before the internet, they like, they would have started getting depressed and been like, dang, I need to hang out with people where now I think we can kind of like mask it. Yeah, a little bit. yeah for sure. Um, you totally can. And yeah, I don't know. Um, and this is true too, not just in a broad social way, but like in a dating way, I think most of us are in relationships, but um, well, all of us, but uh, there, if you've ever read the book, Modern Love by Aziz Ansari, he's, he's talking about the way people connect for romantic relationships nowadays. It's like, um, too many options and people get bogged down with that whereas like in the olden days quote unquote it's like you have <laughs> this many options <laughs> in your local city and like just pick one <laughs> like get on with it Which, you better you get know, pregnant otherwise yeah. it's not, <laughs> you're not are, passing on your <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> there are pluses and minuses to that um there are pluses on the everyone was obligated to commitment which is a benefit but then there are minuses on like nowadays people get in relationships more for love and stuff like that. But it also <laughs> often breaks down on the commitment side, you know? So not to dive into like that aspect of it, but I was just trying to point out like we have, like Stephanie was saying, because it's the internet and it's global and it's the whole world, you have the opportunity to find really specific niches of people that you could connect with on certain things. But then at the same time, it makes it so like, um, uh atomized that it's hard to really uh narrow down mm -hmm. yeah i will say from like a i guess secular uh community perspective like i have found community like in running like um going to races and there are like group runs so i think and i also play soccer so it's like i've got them but it's like mostly we're meeting for the purpose of the sport, not really to live life. And it's like maybe if I talk to them more, but I'm also not that type of person to look like I want a friendship, I guess. <laughs> like even if I do, I'm not going to show it. So yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like maybe I'm not the person that they'll be like, hey, want to hang out afterwards? But I will talk to them and we'll gain a relationship like for that purpose. Yeah, totally. It, 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 um, one of my, uh, it was must have just been a, a meme that I saw. You know, there's this whole faction, maybe you don't know, maybe some people know, there's this whole faction of the internet that's like about trad life or like traditional lifestyles, you know? And one of the, one of some meme that I saw was like moms complaining about having young kids and like not knowing how to make friends and just being stuck with their little kids all the time and like going crazy. And somebody was like, go to the park and meet moms at the park. <laughs> and they were like all the moms were in the comments like okay you can go to the park but just because you're at the park near somebody doesn't mean you're going to automatically make friends with them it's a little bit deeper than that you know like it's not that easy um because we've uh, i've also heard the theory too like because uh all, the internet and COVID have removed all of the unwanted social friction so like mm -hmm. if you don't want to see it you don't have to interact there when you actually get in person with people uh we've like reduced our tolerance for it you know yeah, so the yeah. minute somebody does something that we don't like we're like i'm not hanging out with you anymore or like i'm exactly. out of this situation and it makes yeah. it difficult to actually build meaningful relationships with people if you cannot tolerate any type of friction mm -hmm. okay yeah. Rose has a question. What do you guys think about all the splinters in religious groups and churches, new offshoots and denominations? It's a hard question. I don't know how much it matters. Usually when I go to church, I don't really look at the denomination, which I mean, growing up, I started out Baptist and then I went to kind of like a Presbyterian non-denominational church but they were very similar to me. And then I also went to another type of church and it's like, maybe there, sometimes there's a little more like uh, reciting uh, versus like listening. I've been to kingdom halls and it's like, I don't know, they don't seem, I mean, kingdom halls are very univer like universalized. They're all exactly the same to themselves. So it's not as varied as like Christian church, but 
it's like overall it doesn't really seem that different to me unless i had like a controversial issue i had a really strong opinion on then i might want to find my community somewhere yeah yeah i i think it's just a result of a bunch of different personality types and people like thinking too hard and finding like that they're really smart and unique and then they start something new and then <laughs> that just yeah. extrapolates over hundreds of years yeah or at... like a profit here and a profit there you know yeah and now everyone's <laughs> like oh, i got this new thing or it's super cool and yeah i don't know yeah actually it was interesting because most of the time when you hear about um when you hear about conflicts between denominations they're doctrinal conflicts like we don't we're different than this denomination because we believe this or they believe that the community aspect is usually very similar, at least yep. within Christianity or and especially Protestantism. But um, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago at a Bible study thing that I went to, and she was saying she was an older lady. She had a, a daughter my age, and she was saying like in her life, she's only ever stayed in a church for like ten years because she is, I guess, doing like the more um, logical searching thing of like I want to find what is quote unquote to the truth so she would like try to find the truth in the xyz denomination and then eventually end up leaving but then like feel torn out of the community that she had built there whereas a lot of times I've heard people leaving the churches because they're like mad at the people there like you know like you hurt me or like whatever so it's interesting everyone's different experiences um, as far as denominations go, yeah, I agree with Manly. It's just like <laughs> you could you could write, you know, one letter and everyone would interpret it differently. Or like look at politics. This you see one event and everybody has a different interpretation of what it is or what it means. I think it's the same thing with religions. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Do you think sec the secular world is disparate because of globalization and that we can have s such nuanced beliefs? Oh, are you saying that we have differing beliefs because of globalization? Maybe. Anyway, I'll, I'll take this question as just, do you think that the world is disparate because of globalization? I do think that's a huge, a huge impactor technology created or made globalization easier and therefore created s smaller niches of people so, uh for me on that one i think a lot of it has to do with the access to information and the access to ideas that other people wouldn't have necessarily thought of on their own um like there would be a lot of people like i think one of the reasons secular like secular beliefs expanded was because of the internet and people could see that other people had secular beliefs and that like wasn't the end of the world compared to like if you don't know it like if you don't know god that people don't believe god exists then there's no way you can right so i think access to information and then um oh god i forgot what i was gonna say sorry that happens but, to me all the time i'm like i had a really good point <laughs> Okay, let's see what else is Rose saying. Are we headed for an explosion of opinions and offshoots then to a singularity? Like they say about language. Okay, yeah, so <clears throat> that's an interesting idea. I haven't really thought about it before, but you could say that, like for example, I don't know if we're heading to a singularity in language. You might argue that, but as far as like the history of English goes, it's definitely become like streamlined over time all the way down to it was a very esoteric language at one point and now it's one of the most exoteric languages meaning it's like easy for an adult non-plastic brain to learn because it's just been sort of grammatically worn down um like in a rock tumbler over the years and generations from adults uh, of speaking other languages learning english and so now it's very easy for adults to learn it so it's accessible um, and it's relatable in that way. So maybe what, I mean, you can kind of see that happening with ideas as well. I think people are still, to Jacob's point, depending on where you are and what sort of um, branch of ideas you live among, that kind of will be largely deterministic on the ideas that you adopt. Not always, but oftentimes. 
Um, and but within that, over time, the ideas collectively get sort of turned over and worn down into like nuggets that just get passed down over time. What do you guys think? I wonder if it's going to be more dichotomous than it is singular, like the yin and yang. It's like you have the people who agree and the people who disagree and good and bad. It's almost like, I don't know, to me, it kind of feels like mental health. And that seems kind of like left field, but I guess it's because it is my field. But it's like getting more prominent and worse. And it's just turning into fight or flight responses, which results in black and white thinking. So people just not having the nuance that they had before. It's like the group is thinking for them and groups in themselves create group think, which is more radical opinions than what they would do individually. So I think people are just getting radicalized and it's like to them, it's like there are good people and there are bad people. It's almost like there are narcissists and there are <laughs> empaths and there's nobody in between. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. it's true. <laughs> the, the amount that people throw around narcissistic yes. stuff these days is like very surprising. It's triggering. It's annoying. <clears throat> Although at the same time, I do think mental health has increased. Hmm. Mental health problems or issues. Oh, right. Yes. Depression, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Um. I want to go also on to... Uh, what what you guys personally are seeking if you are out of community like mainly i know that you're involved in church but you also have said like um it's not your first in instinct to just like socialize and things like that so like what's driving you to do that what's your goal with it all that kind of stuff uh i have like a lofty stupid big fun goal of uh, really good community uh, and an ideal world and ideal society where everyone is actually spending time together, working together, living together. Um, probably what you would consider actual bliss or quote unquote heaven-like kingdom um, type society. Um, kind of like a kumbaya type thing where everyone comes together at the end of the day, sits around a campfire, eats a together. I don't know what you just said. Was that English? Like a like a <laughs> commune. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, I want to start a commune. Like a compound, you know, with guns and stuff. I'm just so kidding. So where does I'm this come silly. from then? If it's like, you know, because I know a lot of people who like, that's their personal, like, they really want that. So they're driven to go out and try to find it. But like, what's your driver? Yeah, it'd probably be my philosophy. Um, I... I feel driven to create an ideal world and I want to be a catalyst for that. And that's kind of like my whole purpose. Um, and uh, because of my personality type, the way that I do that is through business and making lots of money so that I can basically buy people's friendship. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not literally, but um, honestly, if I, I'm kind of, I'm intrigued by human psychology and relationship and intimacy. And I think the true healer of, people is uh, good intimate relationships with one another vulnerability honesty and all of us sticking up for one another and helping one another you know if we look at most of the poverty in the world everyone's looking at someone else to try and help them and ultimately a lot of people just look at the government to give handouts yeah. um, which i'm not opposed to government safety nets but the reality is is that that's very uh, emotionally separated from probably the best real avenue which should be genuine relationship and helping one another to be the best version of ourselves and i idealize a world like that and i want it i want it to be the whole world but i feel like it starts with a smaller knit community and yeah. i want to be like i said a catalyst for that and a leader for that and figure out how to make that happen do you think that that is idealistic or or is it realistic do i think it's idealistic yeah like do you think that's a possible oh yeah no i think it's possible so the way that I work is like, I'm a, I would say like, I'm a idealistic pessimist slash skeptic. Like I, all the, if I told you all my ideas and everything that I want to accomplish, like is very idealistic. And mm -hmm. do I think it's uh, unrealistic by statistical term? Like, yes, 100%. It's unrealistic, but would that stop me from doing it? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, I also think that statistics come down like that. 
a lot of the time in mathematical statistical uh, data, it doesn't account for uh, confidence and someone's unwillingness to give up. Um, yeah. It's like what like Jeff Bezos has done, Elon Musk, all these guys, like everyone's like, oh, that's impossible. Well, obviously it's not impossible. Like they were just like, yeah. F it, I'm doing it. And then right. they just kept doing it until it happened. So I might die trying to make it happen, but I would rather do that than give up. If the alternative is give up, then I'll just kill myself now. Like, it's not like that's, yeah, that's yeah. my, it's like my purpose. It's in, it's ingrained in my mind. So, um, I've actually tried to like, just be like, Oh, I'm just going to get a normal job and just be okay with the idea that society sucks. And like, we're not ever going to have real friends except for cute podcasts on the internet and stuff like that. <laughs> like as much, like, I love this, but, and this is great, but, um, I think society is meant for greater things and I'm going to do everything possible to make it happen. That's my yeah. thought. Um, that is, I like, I like that. And I have a similar approach just in life of like letting your sort of letting your, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like your principles drive what you do rather than like what is quote unquote possible based on general yeah. consensus. Um, so I, I love that. And I do think that that is one thing that, um, that r religious culture offers people is like this, uh, outside of yourself standard of like, okay, you know, maybe it sounds unrealistic <laughs> based on your, the lying eyes of evidence in your life you know but there's an ideal to which we aspire even if we never reach it in this life that you know we should reach for i'm not saying that doesn't exist outside of religion but it is very very easy to get nihilistic you know um and just in the world so <clears throat> i i admire that sort of take on it what about the rest of you what do you think uh what what are your desires or goals for community and what have you witnessed as like valuable experiences in community? Uh, for me, I feel like people, well, I mean, I have a lot of goals. Like, I mean, my goal in general is to help people be excited about learning about the world and about life and about people rather than predicting something negative or positive. Like, I mean, it's like, I guess I feel like the most honest thing is to be open to it and to be interested than predictive, I guess. Um, right. To not have a, a, as much of a, like a specific end in goal. I mean, and in mind, but to have the experience for itself. Yeah. I guess I just think it's like healthier to kind of just be interested in what's out there than to predict something that's, because if it's a positive thing you predict and it doesn't work out, that results in depression. If you predict something negative, that results in depression. So to me, it just seems like grounding to kind of be open and interested. And I think if we had that attitude towards people, we wouldn't be so visceral about relationships sometimes. And we might actually listen to people and understand something we didn't understand before. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, do you want to jump in? You don't have to. Uh, for me, you can. I'll sort of go back to you. Um, for me, I think I've always been kind of interested and, and driven to create spaces where people can interact. When I was a kid, um, I was involved in church, but also outside of that, uh, we always, we were like known, my brothers and I, we were all homeschooled. So we were like, you know, the stereotype not hopefully not the stereotype of homeschoolers but we were like very close-knit and we were like known in our social group as like the games crew or like the antics crew and we would always regularly have game nights we would have parties for people and <clears throat> that's what people uh, looked at us for was for those kinds of things and so I think I've always had this streak of like how can I get people together and give them an opportunity to like connect if they want to or if they don't they can just have fun because I've also always had like this sort of um insecurity or difficulty feeling uh that it's very hard for me to do and so I always value when other people create those opportunities and then I can um 
jump in. So I've since I've gotten older, I've tried to create those opportunities also for other people because I know that especially now, in light of everything that we've been talking about, like technology and stuff, it is it is very difficult to put yourself out there, you know, and to be like, hello, person, let's be friends, you know, because um, on the one hand, it's easy to come off as like uh, as like overly eager in an off-putting way. And then it's also really easy to come off as like disinterested. So it's it's a, kind of like a social courtship happening in the world. Um, and it's a hard thing to sort of, especially if you are somebody who, you know, is a little more introverted or has like social anxiety or like is low in confidence in some areas, it can be extremely difficult to put yourself out there. And I have sympathy for people who find their life experience that way. And so that's why I try the best I can to like create those opportunities. Mm -hmm. I think Jacob's microphone's not Is he having, yeah, it looks like he's having yeah. some audio problems. That's okay. You can, <laughs> if you are working on it and you just yell out if you figure it out, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll give you the floor. Emily, oh, oh no, we can't hear. Emily, yeah. on that note that you were talking about, um, I think I've told you this before, but I wanted to repeat it that I'm like, I'm super grateful for you and that skill that you have. It's and that desire to do that. The fact that you do it is really important. And I think that the world would be a dramatically better place if there were more people like you doing that. Because even though like I have certain I I have a similar I have a similar goal of trying to make that happen. It's not something that I naturally commit to often. Like for example, for OP, I wouldn't I just wouldn't go out of my way to make people in DFW hang out. Um, like I do it at my church and I tried to make something happen, but it is very localized, um, to that. Um, but people in general that are willing to like help foster spaces for people to build relationships, regardless of the setting. I think that's super valuable. I'm grateful that you do it all the time because I'm always yeah. happy about it. Every time. I appreciate that. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Cause it is something that, um, is on on a certain level it's difficult for me to do i mean obviously i get over that hump and i do it but it, i do understand the anxiety of it or the fear of it or like fear of rejection and stuff like that so i appreciate that and i'm glad that you guys participate and you jump on board because <laughs> i've talked to people who are like well i would try to set something up but my greatest fear is that nobody will come <laughs> and i'm like well that's valid that would, you know Yo. it does suck it does suck when that happens that's not even mine i'm just a douche and like i don't want to like, I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to commit to hang out with people usually. Yeah, I get it. I mean, like, that's also why we're doing a little stint of these and then a hiatus, because I feel that too of like, you know, if you are doing something out of obligation, it very quickly stops being fun, you know? So. Yeah, I'm really glad you do this stuff too, Emily. I think it's awesome. And I always look forward to our little podcast and everything. So. So I do love I. It. Yeah, yeah, I loved I'm getting to know you guys better. I don't think we should have a hiatus. I think we should manipulate Emily to keep doing it. Every oh, day. okay. Well, <laughs> manipulate her. Yeah. Emily, cancel whatever it is that you have going on elsewhere. Okay. All right. I'll cancel it. Um, <laughs> that was, yeah, that maybe. was easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I want to see, like, um, because we all come, at, can't met each other through the same sort of community. And for anybody listening who doesn't know, we met in an online personality group. Um, and <clears throat> I'm curious uh, what value, if any, you guys have seen or, or gotten out of that group and then translating that into like, um, if you were to create your, an ideal community, what would that look like? And what sort of traits would it have? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> Okay. It's a, it was a two-part question. The first part is like, we all we've all met each other from the objective personality community. So yeah. like, in the course of just being in that group, is there anything that you're like, okay, this is something positive about that community that I like that I've gotten out of it? Yes, if anything, I love the objective personality community because I feel like it's a rare like group where people are focused on the content and they're not just threatened by what people say. They actually consider it from like, oh, this person has a unique like situation with their like animal stack or their 
like personality type. So it's like, no matter what you say, nobody's going to be like, what? That's crazy. I mean, they may as a joke, but genuinely they're like, oh, that probably that's data. And it's like every word that you say is data to someone. It's not something just like to not pay attention to. I agree. Yeah. I'll go for it. It's kind of, it's kind of like the, the group is just a group of people that in general, I feel like their perspective is healthier than the average human because one, they're probably trying to self-develop, self-actualize. They're trying to learn more about themselves. They probably have a perspective of trying to learn more about others. Um, and it does seem like in general, they're willing to say like, oh yeah, I could judge that and be like a negative Nancy about it. And this person's being a goober. But in reality, like they're probably just like, that's their personality type. And oh, now I have evidence to say like, oh, maybe you're a sleep last or maybe you're play last or maybe you're blast last. Like people are actually trying to understand each other instead of just attacking hey. each other. Oh, there we hey. go. We can hear you. Woo! Yay. Did it. I have no idea what I did or what keeps going on. I've changed the audio setting like seven oh, times. I hate that. Nothing gets me triggered faster than like tech. I know. Issues. And it's like my mic's connection to StreamYard, so I don't, oh, I don't know. No. Well, we can hear you now. So Yay. give us a soliloquy. A soliloquy. Uh, give me a topic. <laughs> you didn't hear. Yeah, we're, we were talking about like... um. Uh, what's valuable, what you found valuable about the objective personality community or just the community in general, what things do you find valuable? Uh, so uh, I have a hazy relationship with the community. I'm not really part of the objective personality community. And I guess I wouldn't say I am. Stephanie definitely is, but I most of my knowledge about personality comes from what she spews about it <laughs> with her consume reports, right? <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I don't really engage in community very much. I typically have a bit of a commitment issue when it comes to friends. Um, I actually lost a few friends due to like, just, oh, I don't feel like hanging out that day. And then I kind of ghost them and then they get mad at me. And then I'm just like, oops. Um, and then I like text them later. And then they're just like, yeah, I'm like, dang it. I just missed one birthday party. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but yeah. So I don't know. I don't really engage much with communities or things like that. So, okay. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Like, um, on one hand you need a level, if you're having an actually community, like a group of people on one hand, you do need some level of commitment so that people are actually engaged. But then some of my most valuable friendships, just individual, like one-on-one -on -one friendships are friends that I can like not speak to for like four years and then just be like, yo, what up? And right. we're still as close friends <laughs> as we always were. That so would be I nice, but it... I kind of offend people when I do that. So, oh, cause, cause of the times when you text them, I hate you. I'm never speaking to you again. Don't text me. <laughs> I never say that. Oh. I'm like the least, oh. I, I just like, uh, sorry, I can't come to your daughter's birthday party. And it's like, oh, that's, and I paid you at the day sounds of. savage. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, like, okay. Just don't respond instead. I know. That's like, it's I mean, like, just don't tell them, just don't even tell them you can't come. And then they just like, it's actually, it's almost better than. That makes it, I know, right? It makes it worse. Did you guys ever watch the Tinder Swindler? It was that Netflix documentary about the dude who would like go on Tinder and like uh, con these women and try to make them believe he was rich and all this kind of stuff. And basically he would just get money out of them. But one of his gambits was like, he would text them. He had like these series of, of images of him and his bodyguard like getting attacked or like cut or beat and they were like in an ambulance or whatever you should just have some of those locked and loaded in your phone so you can be like oh shoot sorry i right. like i went to the hospital last night <laughs> yeah i think the problem is i don't lie i'm just like uh i'll just be like they'll lie. say hey can you come to this thing and i won't really say anything and then the day of i'll be like uh no sorry i can't come yeah oh but... yeah that's your problem bro you're setting yourself up for failure i know <laughs> i know the day of and then you're like yeah i'm not coming there are, yeah, there are people, there's always, not to say that this is you, but it might be you. Um, <laughs> there's always someone in the group who is like notoriously like the flake, you know, like, oh, should we invite them? Well, we could, but they'll probably just flake anyway. So <laughs> well, maybe I, I can, I can see flake. it. Uh, I'm typically, yeah, I'm probably the flake. Makes sense. <laughs> I'm typically okay. not when Stephanie's involved and we're seeing her friends, but when it's my friends, I'm the flake. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's an interesting point, though, But because to you, it seems like what you're saying is 
that community isn't like one of your highest needs on the list. Would you say that? Yeah, I mean, I would say it would be nice to have. Uh, I just wish people shared a similar value system to me when it came to community. It's like, I don't judge people for not wanting to like hang out or do something with me or if they're like stressed or something like that. Also, I don't do like big things like, I don't know, I don't host murder mystery parties and yeah. like very involved things and invite people to them. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I don't know. And if I did, it's like, if somebody flaked, I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll invite you next time. And even if I don't expect it, it's like, I don't know. I just wish people shared like similar yeah. values. Cause like it's like a chill I, attitude. Is like, right. People are needy, bro. They are needy. Yeah, it's like, and I will say, they are. And I will say whenever he invited me to like, uh, go out and get drinks or something, I'd always go. Uh, but like, so maybe know. you should start a community that's called the non-needy people's <laughs> community that's like a loose-knit community. I know, right? <laughs> that's, that's, if only I was proactive. People's community. That would be nice. But yeah. <laughs> What's your type yeah. again, Jacob? Uh, N-E-F-I. Um, consume, play, sleep, last. Uh, N-F, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about and you want to, go check out Objective Personality and you can find out exactly what we're talking about. What but was that O for? <laughs> there seemed that? to be some sort of realization <laughs> oh. or some sort of judgment attached. You have, you have the same animal stack as me, so I feel your vibes, honestly. Like, I'm... <laughs> That's funny. I had to force myself not to be the flake friend, to be honest. Like, I was... <laughs> In college, I was like in the dorm, like uh, in every setting in my life, people would be like, "Man, like come hang out, come hang out, come hang out." I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not coming to hang out." And <laughs> like eventually, they would give up, but it just took a long time. And now I put this in my social type one video that I did with Kendrick. But um, for like the last three years, every time I meet someone new and I can tell they like me a lot and they want to like be my friend, I actually tell them, "Yo, I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna be forward with you. Like I'm not gonna be a good friend." And they're like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm not like, if you try to call me, I'm not going to answer. I'm just telling you, like, I don't have any reason to talk to you on the phone unless you're dying. Um, if you text and me, even then, can you text? <laughs> oh, oh, Jacob's oh you really offended him. I freaking, yeah, he's like, wait, this is oh, too much yeah. like me. I'm like, yeah. I'm done with this. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. Anymore. I think he just wants right us to be now. chill about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're chill, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's so chill. We don't, even, we don't even care if you're here. Like we can feel your spiritual presence. There you go. Stephanie, what, what do you think is social? Did we trigger you, bro? No. You stormed out. <laughs> yeah. You flaked on us right there. Can you guys hear me or now? Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, okay. okay. You froze yeah, no, technology hates me. The sensory just. My laptop decided, oh, hey, I can't connect to Wi-Fi right now, and drops the call. Now. Oh. Yeah, that always happens at the very critical moment of a meeting, you know? You're I know, drops. right? <laughs> like when you're getting roasted for being a flake, you just drop off the meeting. You yeah, know, we can go with the rage quit narrative. I'm cool with that. <laughs> That's awesome. We're chill about it. It's so chill. Yeah. <laughs> We're I do think I'm he's a social too. Uh, social anxiety, social too. Yep. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. I'm not as much into the Enneagram. All I know is I'm like a seven and probably, uh, I don't know, is, uh, that's a head type. So I don't know what my gut and my uh, heart are. Oh, not so. like that. That's that's Enneagram. Uh, this is. I, well, you said social too. Uh, if that's objective uh, personality, did okay. their social types one through Whoa, four. You haven't you haven't got him on social types yet? Stephanie, no, I haven't you? really looked oh, into yeah. it too much myself yet, even though it's been very exciting. Oh, my no, she God. betrayed you guys. She went over to Enneagram and oh, stopped uh, OPS. More like oh, loserogram. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I mean, OPS is still awesome. So, and I did do an interview recently, so that counts. I'm involved. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Sorry, I, I think I caused this to go into OP world, which is really <laughs> That's okay. Maybe we'll get some people to come over and join us there. If this community right here on this stream is not sufficient for you, come join us in our personality cult. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> um, okay, so sort of back to the topic at hand. Rose says, openness, safety, acceptance, growth, fun as core values of the optimal group setup. I think those are all really good things. They're very difficult to find, though, um, in a group setting. And that's why I sort of am inclined to try to create it myself, but it is very, and it's even, even if you're the one trying to like set the vibe and set the group sort of culture, it can be very difficult to find people that align there. Which brings me to the next question I was going to ask you guys is like, what do you think is the basis for a good community? Like Stephanie, you were saying you're involved in some sports and some other like clubs and things. Then of course we have what we've been talking about, which is like a shared belief system, like religion or something. Do you th- guys think that you need like some shared overlapping values even, or is just interests overlapping interests enough? Um, what do you think? I think some people need overlapping values. I don't necessarily think I do as long as people aren't impressing it on me or if that value isn't specifically related to how you treat another person. And if that was different, then that would be a problem. But if it was just like an opinion about something that had nothing to do with our relationship, then I don't see why that's a problem. But for some people it is. Yeah. I also think that, uh, not to bring it back, but I think a lot of it has to do with like your type, like on which one you value, which thing you value. Stephanie is a decider definitely cares more about like intimate uh, relationships, whereas like I would want more like loose, less intimate, like just like fun things to do, like more shallow friends. Like people to hang with rather than yeah. to, like share your deep, dark secrets. Right. I would prefer like probably five or six uh, shallow friends and no intimate friends. Like, I mean, I'm married. I don't need that. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Stephanie wants like one or two like really intimate friends and doesn't really care about shadow friends at all. Oh so. yeah. I think that could also be just like a difference between men and women, just as a generalization. Not all across the board, but I do think I do see that um as like a sort of pattern. Maybe. I think if it was, it would be like a conditioned thing, not necessarily a like innate thing. Yeah, possibly. I forgot the question. Was there a question? <laughs> do you think to form a cohesive group, do you think that you need shared values or can it be shared interests or do you even need anything shared? Like, can it just be like a bunch of hot people like hanging out? Like, you know, what is the basis for a hot good people. group? If you're all yeah. hot, that's shared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I think the more that's shared, probably the more intimate and the more easy it is to be intimate and vulnerable, most likely. I think you can become intimate and vulnerable without having everything shared. But just like in marriage, like if you're dramatically different people, like in every way, like you're probably gonna have to work a little bit harder to grow mm-hmm. in intimacy and uh, trust. Um, like if you like think about if you put like the most liberal and the most conservative people in a room together that are like radicalized, even though I think most people aren't, like to get them to be best friends, they're eventually gonna talk about politics and it's going to get weird and then they're either going to humble themselves and like be gentle about it and actually have a conversation or they're going to go in the opposite direction and i think what i've noticed is most people they struggle to have a real conversation and because of that i think that um if you want to have real vulnerability and intimacy you're setting yourself up for success by by default going into it with similar values and interests um i don't think that's how it should have to be i just think because humans are freaking goofy and have insecurities like that makes it easier yeah the people are tend to be tribalistic you know yeah yeah better or worse but i was i was just sorry not to cut you off um you can you don't care about me not deeply no i'm just (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) i was just googling this book that i had read have any of you guys ever read M. Scott Peck? He was a psychologist. I think he's dead now. But he wrote some different books about psychology, and one of them was about community building. Um, it's called The Different Drum. I listened to it a few years ago, but so I'll do my best to convey that concept of it. But basically, he was talking about... Um, he did these like workshops or seminars over many years and replicated it multiple... over time um and he was saying that it's possible to create 
real and deep community among a group of strangers of disparate backgrounds and beliefs over if you follow this certain formula. Um, and he calls it the four stages of building community. And basically what he would do is like get them all in a group and like the seminar and then like haze them into becoming friends. Um, but pretty much it looked like he was describing like you have these stages where at first like pseudo community, where it's very shallow and everybody's like nicey nicey with each other. And you're like, okay, you're cool. Like we can, even if we have differences, we can for the purpose of this sort of try to smooth over those and kind of get along. Then once you start forcing people to like show some vulnerability, it becomes chaos where everybody's like, oh, I didn't realize this about you. Like, oh, then your tribal instincts kick in and you're like, oh no, this person is that, that person's this, I'm that. And it creates chaos. And then it wears everybody out <laughs> to the point that there's emptiness where they're like, how can we ever connect with each other? Because we're all so different. And then out of that, comes true community where you realize like um despite all of that you can still connect with people and he had this whole series he describes the whole thing in the book he had this whole series of like uh exercises that he had people do that would like force them through those stages and he said at the end of it every single time you <clears throat> would end up creating like these genuine real connections with people and so I, I do think it is possible to create like this type of formula um, to do it regardless of like shared values or even shared interests. The only thing you have to have is like a willingness to jump into the process. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's tough to, when we have people like Jacob out here, just flaking on us. No, I'm kidding. I know, um, right? No. The worst. <laughs> I will just say I'll argue that like if people came to the seminars, they were probably the type of people that would probably do the best at something like that. Yeah, although I do think he did them with like um, like in corporate settings too, where people are just like, you have to go to the seminar. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <I know. laughs> fired if you don't be Listen, see, you better get in the seminar, see. You know. Like, well, I'm, I mean, I think humans like even across cultures have like an immense amount in common that we don't realize, even if we have like super like major differences, like just go into politics, pick an issue. And it's like, both people agree with things like the gun issue. Both people want to protect the most people. Right. Yeah. It's like, we all share that value. Like, and then the difference comes when you come to the, like the prescription of it or like the second order of like abstraction for it. So right. it's like, I think humans can always relate. It's just, at like what level are they meeting? Yeah, totally. I agree with that. And I can remember, maybe I was talking to Rose about this or my brother, cause we're always talking about like community ideas. Speaking of which the show community, if you haven't watched it, you should. But um, <clears throat> I had this idea of like one other thing that you realize like brings people together is like shared trauma, you know? Like if you watch any of these shows, these uh, dr drama TV shows of like, oh no, this group got stranded on an island and they had to yeah. like come together or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, what if we created a like a community initiative where you just like force people through some trauma together and then like they come out on the other end like- Then we get Lord of the Flies. Trauma bonding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We get Lord of the Flies. I don't know how yeah, that works. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I think people do figure it out. I mean, it's... Have you guys seen Weird... Is it called Weird the Titans? Uh-huh. Yeah. That football Is that the football movie, movie? With Sean Astin. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good movie, honestly. Remember so, the really, Titans, I think. Remember the Titans. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, I mean, it was it was during the time there was, there was still segregation going on, a lot of crappy stuff, and they built... Because... In football, they freaking tore them apart and made them do basically military practice two a days. Like everyone became best friends. And I'm intrigued by that because I feel like the same thing kind of happens in if you join the military, for example, it's a bunch of different losers coming together, having a really hard life. And then they're probably all best friends. And most of the people I know that went to the military, they'll say it's like, yeah, it's horrible. But I will say that I built like the best brotherhood and sisterhood that I ever had while I was there because we all hated everything except for each other or something like there was like a common enemy or goal that they had yeah. to strive for and it built intimacy which is really interesting yeah um kind of sad that people have to have a hardness hard hardship together and yeah. face trauma together but well we can't figure out what goal 
right? We can't come to an agreement on what the goal should be. Yeah, I think it's one you're of the right. Problems. So, yeah, yeah, I think that is one problem. And then another problem is like, I do think a lot, like a large chunk of it is proximity too. Um, you know, if you're just stuck in a room with like Big Brother or whatever, like I don't know that those people come out being best of friends, but if you're just forced into proximity with people, um, you tend to build relationships. And I think that's another thing that ha the internet has done is like you don't have to be yeah. in the close proximity to people at all if you don't want to. Yeah. And then you can kind of pick who you're in proximity to. So you're, uh, I guess, resist your you become a bit more sensitive to people that aren't closer to you because you're not like, I guess, catering as much. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, well, with that said, that's the end of this community. So get lost, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's a good place to wrap for today. Uh, I, like I said at the beginning, I. I really genuinely have appreciated you guys being willing to show up and do this. Um, and I, I do want to continue it, whether that's next week or next month or in a few weeks or whatever, uh, we'll, I'll let you guys know and I'll see what everyone wants to do. Um, but if you're listening back after the fact, uh, just give us a shout and let us know what you think. And, uh, I appreciate everybody and hope you guys have a good evening.